What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Baseball Insiders. Bing bong, sure to be lit. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready for my New York Knicks continuing the NBA playoffs. But most importantly, I'm ready to talk to fan side. It's MLB insider Robert Murray. As always, as we do every Monday and Thursday at 3.30 Eastern. And Robert, you're uh, you're sitting pretty today, my friend, because you're coming after uh, breaking a big one this week. And we are going to break it down right at the start. We don't want to keep anybody waiting. We're going to talk. We're fi- we finally have a Brian Reynolds update that isn't what the fuck. No, exactly. And it was uh, – well, it's good to be here with you, Adam. I mean, it's it's nice that we finally have a, a Brian Reynolds update. Um, I've got a lot of the details here on exactly how that played out. Um, should I just dive into it, Adam? Let's just roll because we've talked for weeks, months – about how it's an obvious fit Pirates of the vibiest team in baseball and they won't give him this stubborn opt-out or get it done. All of a sudden, the vibes could not be higher or more immaculate um, and they just go ahead and, and hand it over and it's official. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a very drawn-out process and it took a lot longer than I think both sides would have preferred. Um, but Reynolds, he always wanted to be a Pirate. Um, I know he made the trade request, but he always wanted to be with Pittsburgh, especially after this hot start. Um, you're seeing exactly what the Pirates and Ben Charrington and that front office has built and what they envision is they think this is going to end up being a contending Pirates team in the future and going forward. And Reynolds is always going to be a big part of it. And it was late Saturday night um, that I had found out that the Pirates and Reynolds were making significant progress on a deal. Um, I had heard at the time it was $106.75 million over eight years uh, with an option, and it also included a um, a slight no-trade clause, like a 16 no-trade clause, uh, but no opt-out. Um, and um, I checked with somebody, and he said it wasn't quite done yet and just told me to sit tight. Then Monday, I continued to hear rumblings that something was happening. And I, what was it, Tuesday that it broke? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday, I got the text saying it was done and that I could run with it. And I mean, that was just a, a crazy process in itself. But um, I'm not surprised, though, that it ended up getting done. Uh, Reynolds, this this negotiation has not just spanned from this offseason. It's basically been a multi-year negotiation. Um, the Pirates had made offers in the past, I think, around twenty five million or so. Um, I was like, I think a couple of years ago. Um, obviously that wasn't going to get it done. Um, they had made earlier in the off season an $80 million extension offer, which would have been the highest paid player in pirates history. Um, but that wasn't going to get it done. And that ultimately required, that's what led to the trade request. Um, but Reynolds wanted to be in Pittsburgh. He just needed more than 80 million. He wanted to exceed the hundred million dollar mark to be the first player in pirates history to get that number. Um, and that being said, Reynolds does understand he did take less. 
uh, to stay in Pittsburgh. If he would have waited three years to go on the open market, he would have gotten significantly more money, um, likely from a big market team. Um, and it's funny though, like we've seen players take less money to stay where they're comfortable or to go where they're comfortable. Uh, Trey Turner had a $350 million offer from the, from the Padres this offseason, took $50 million less to sign with the Phillies. And it just so happens that Trey Turner and Brian Reynolds share the same exact agent, um, which is pretty fascinating to me. Um, but it's it's what an agent does. It's you you work for the player, you get him where he's comfortable. For Turner, it was Philadelphia. And for Reynolds, it was Pittsburgh. Deal got done, took a lot longer than expected, but that was those were the key reasons why this deal got done because uh, Reynolds just wanted to be in Pittsburgh. And there was a time this offseason, and it was to, it was fair to speculate, I would say, when you actually heard a trade request get lobbed, that like, all right, maybe for whatever reason, Brian Reynolds does not want to be in Pittsburgh anymore. Like the natural public takeaway, you don't hear trade requests in Major League Baseball. That, that's not that's an NBA thing. That's an NFL thing. People hold out. Yeah. So when you hear that verbiage, it's very natural to be like, we're past the breaking point. He's fed up. But in reality, I think it was probably, you know, it definitely seems from what you're saying, multi-year negotiation, something less than that, just frustration boiling over and a leverage play for him to say, if you're not going to give me these simple demands, then maybe I have to go elsewhere, but I don't want to. It's very telling that they didn't respond to that trade request, didn't really seem to entertain any trade offers. And then just a couple of months later, he takes a significant discount and gets what he wants. Yep. And um, I think what you said with that trade request being leveraged, I think that's spot on Um, because the Pirates, they privately and publicly were saying that they had no intention of trading Brian Reynolds. They set a very high asking price in talks with teams. Um, And I never thought a trade was was realistic. I did think um, before the like if there was ever a scenario in which Brian Reynolds was traded, um, I think it would have been before the last trade deadline. I thought the, the San Diego Padres made the most sense. I think that was a team that came the closest to acquiring Reynolds in the past. Um, obviously that was before getting Soto and Hater and whatnot, just draining their farm system from that. But um, this off season from what, everything that I've gathered, no team ever came close because the asking price was just that high. Um, it was, it was going to get, I, I'm, I was very confident throughout this entire process that a deal was going to get done. Um, it was just, it was strange. It went from being, we're finding out everything about this extension talks. Like it looked like it was on the doorstep. And then for three weeks, it was just dead silent. Um, and it, it sounds like Brian Reynolds and also Bob Nutting, the Pirates' owner, um, talked, I don't want to say frequently, but they had a few conversations throughout this process that I think helped get a deal done as well. Yeah, and uh, get a deal done, it did. We were on pause for a little while, and and while we were on pause, the Pittsburgh Pirates just so happened to start 18-8. and eight. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10, and they have a plus 35 run differential. Second best in the Central behind the Cubs, who have a plus 43 run differential. So there's no better time than the present to start breaking down some of these surprise teams As we hit the end of April, it gets kind of real at this point. You know, we've seen hot starts fizzle. Not all of these teams are going to make the postseason. Not everybody is going to find their way to the finish line. But there are enough teams that are complete surprises that have found either playoff positions or are damn close to it. And I'll have to get to the bottom of whether we are believers as we enter the month of May And Robert, I know you wanted to talk Pittsburgh Pirates, so why not just start there? Because they are, A, maybe the most impressive team on this entire list, and B, leading the NL Central as we speak a game and a half ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. Where do you land on this team? Um, Which, by the way, traded Andrew McCutcheon for Brian Reynolds and now has both. Yeah, it's uh, the Pirates masterclass right there. You, you got to love it. The, everything is pointing up for the Pirates right now. And I think in addition to their record, they lead the league in vibes. Uh, they're just like everything is trending up. It's been phenomenal. It's been the like the polar opposite for the Cardinals. I mean, we'll get into that at a later time. Um, but like 
Pirates, they their pitching has been good. Uh, their hitting has been solid, um, especially the bottom of their order yesterday um, or pretty recently. They were just thriving. Um, they've had big contributions from a lot of different people. Their bullpen has been overperforming. Um, and Derek Shelton has been – he's got the Midas touch. Um, and he's there's a reason why the Pirates extended him. He's a really good manager, and he's he's hit all the right buttons so far. I don't necessarily know if I buy them winning the division this year, but I have been pretty adamant on this podcast and even on fansided.com that I think they have a shot to like really surprise people. So far they have. They've been the biggest surprise in baseball. But um, if I could buy stock in the Pirates, I absolutely would. Um, I think I'm going to wait a little bit. Actually, you know what? I'll even say it right now. I'm buying stock in them as a wildcard team. I think that's... I think that's a very realistic scenario. Go Pirates, baby. There we go. We were talking this offseason when Fangraphs projected them to be sort of a couple games within 500 about like, hey, don't sleep on the veteran additions. It's not outrageous to believe that they're going to be around the 500 mark. And now we're upgrading them to wildcard team. I got to say, I agree. I don't think they're going to win the NL Central. But that said, I also thought the St. Louis Cardinals were winning the NL Central. Uh, and I got money in my uh, FanDuel account to prove it. And they uh, look incredibly stinky. We'll talk about their horrific vibes. The league, uh, potentially the worst in the league in vibes, like below the minus 100 run differential Oakland Athletics slash Las Vegas Athletics. Um, really, it's a close competition between those two. I also buy the Pirates. I would say like I'm a 6.5 out of 10 on the present, but an eight and a half on the future. Um, and the Cubs, the team with the even better run differential, I think I believe in slightly less. But they went the star-powered route this offseason, right? They got Seiya Suzuki back, uh, you know, year two, back from injury. They go Cody Bellinger, they make a big play. Tyone, Trey Mancini, these sort of mid-level free agents, but they appear to have made a difference. Jan Gomes is becoming a folk hero in Chicago. Where are you on the Cubby? I I'm really surprised by them too. Like that, you know, we were talking, Adam, going into the season, how every division felt really predictable. Yeah. Um, oh, we I locked this one up for the Cardinals. Just and we've already had yeah. to talk through three other teams in the division now in three weeks that all feel much better and much tighter. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's why we should never be overconfident. I mean, this is Oh boy, not good. But I'll tell you, the Cubs really surprised me because I thought I didn't think they were going to be bad, but I thought they'd be like kind of average. Um, yeah. But they've really exceeded expectations for me, and I, I I'm still skeptical that they're going to be able to keep this up for the entire season. I still think the Brewers, and I still think the Cardinals are going to bounce back at some point. Um, they're just too talented not to, but. Man, the Cubs, the Pirates, that did, I mean, the Reds are, I mean, that's as expected, of course. Um, I don't know. I'm just not overly confident that the Cubs are going to be able to keep it up. But that being said, they have the star power where it's not impossible. Plus, they're going to have Matt Mervis debut at some point in the near future. Um, so that'll be exciting for them and also a big boost, especially at first base. Yeah, never nervous Mervis. All he does is crank. And I feel like I need to pay tribute to Pete Crow Armstrong, who worked a 16-pitch at-bat yesterday for a grand slam, which is getting some love across minor league coverage. It's the longest at-bat for a home run since Alex Cora in the summer of 2004. Um, I just feel like everybody should maybe give a little hat tip to, to the Chicago Cubs farm system. Uh, as well as how did I, I left off Dansby Swanson when we're talking about signing veterans this offseason, and that has clearly made a difference. Oh, absolutely. He has like, that was their number one priority this entire offseason. Like, I think like, it was funny. Like, I mean, they were obviously in on the other shortstops. I actually believe the Cubs were one of the finalists for Trey Turner. Um, I, I do believe that, but Swanson was always the most realistic um, price. I mean, plus his wife plays soccer in, in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was a perfect fit. It ultimately happened. And like, we're seeing the dividends from it already. Um, yeah. That's that team. Give them some more pieces next year. I mean, you never know. Uh, Jed Hoyer in that front office has done a really nice job. 
Yeah, I'm not buying them as a playoff team quite yet, I don't think. But the foundation is better than most of us expected. Um, This might be the last day for a little while based on how hot the Houston Astros were at, you know, in Atlanta and at the Trop that we can call both of these teams division leaders. But I'm going to group them together because we have a little more data on the Rays now who are three and a half games up in the East over exactly the team we expected them to be up over, the Baltimore Orioles. And the Texas Rangers are still a half game up on Houston in first. What's your gauge on those division races? I think we both are are sort of expecting the Rangers to, to crash down a little bit. But just because they crashed below the Astros does not mean they're not a playoff contender. No, not. Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. There is like the Rays. Boy, I mean, obviously, a burner hasn't chimed in in the comments section. I don't know what that's about. Um, no, two dep- that saw them lose a home series, and he's just like absolutely out of his mind right now, sitting, sitting, yeah. stewing. I, I can't blame him. I can't blame him. But we miss you, obviously, a burner. But I'm uh, the start with the Rays. I'm I'm buying stock in them. They, obviously, the Jeffrey Springs injury um, that really hurts. Um, but they have. I think they'll be able to overcome that, um, especially with how I've talked about it before, but their ability to um, like just maximize starting pitchers' abilities. Their bullpen is like, they always find a way to have a really good bullpen performance. Their offense is good too. Um, I think they'll be fine there. I'm absolutely buying stock in them. And I think they're a real threat to win that division, even though that division is arguably the best in baseball at this point. Um, I mean, every team is competitive, even the Red Sox. What are they? They're still 500, right? 500 ball club. Yeah. Relentlessly 500, but they are still currently 500. Yeah. yeah, Relentlessly 500. That uh, I like that. That's 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 well said by you, Adam. I like that. (laughs) Um, And then the Rangers, I do. I'm I'm thinking a crash is coming. I think um, I don't necessarily know. Well, actually, crash is probably too drastic. I think a dip in performance is probably a better way of phrasing that. Um, but I still think that they can really contend here for a wild card spot. Um, it's going to be tough with the American League East and how competitive that division is. Um, but the Rangers have talent; they can easily be the number two team in that division, uh, especially with the Mariners' slow start. Angels are right there too. Um, I'll tell you that the Angels won. We're going to be talking about that plenty throughout the entire season here. That their their regular season is incredibly important for their future um because if like jeff passon said it the other day yes um, and i'll say it now like if the angels don't make the postseason i don't think shohei otani has any chance of resigning there um it's uh winning is extremely important to him he wants to win he wants to be competitive we got to see it during the world baseball classic the angels need to do everything in their power to win this year Win, like get Mike Trout, get Shohei Otani in the postseason because like the postseason recently has been awesome. You have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in the postseason. Baseball's two most talented players. Oh baby, yeah, it is. I mean, that's basically what every baseball fan wants. Um, I know it's what I want. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for their sake that they do get it. Correct. And I loved how bold Passon was just sort of going on and dropping that mid-April bomb of like, yep, this is the most important first half in the history of this franchise. Best of luck. Um, but it's it's true. Uh, and you also had Joe Madden coming out this week saying he doesn't think Otani would mind the East Coast at this point, that it's winning over everything for him. And maybe his, you know, he's getting more comfortable and he doesn't have quite the same biases that he did when he came to the States in 2017. Are you sort of perceiving the same thing that he's just keeping all options open in his quest for 500 plus million dollars, except for a stinky angels team? He will not entertain. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he'll absolutely keep his options open. Um, But obviously money is going to play a factor, but also being competitive. Like there's obviously this is going to be the most unprecedented free agency in baseball history. We have never seen a player of his ability hit the open market. Um, and it is going to be an all out bidding war by a bunch of these big market teams. Like I fully expect the Dodgers to be in this. I fully expect even AJ Preller and the Padres. I expect them to try to find a way into this. You would think the giants after they missed on the superstars last year. Um, but you can just basically look at all these big market teams and they're going to want to be in. I'm pretty confident if Otani stays healthy, that number is going to start with a five. Um, 
I don't know how much higher it's going to go than that, but um, winning is going to be incredibly important to him, and as it should be, because a player of Otani's caliber absolutely deserves to be in the spotlight. It deserves to be in the postseason. It deserves to be in the World Series, Um, and I sure as heck hope it happens. Um, I don't know where it's going to be. If anyone tells you they know where Otani's going right now, they're lying. Um, yeah, that, that entire offseason is going to keep me up. I'm uh, One thing I – just because of the Otani watch, but I will tell you this. Uh, last offseason, it seemed like a lot of the big deals happened while I was sleeping. Like Carlos Correa happened while I was sleeping. Aaron Judge happened while I was sleeping at the winter meetings. And there was a bunch of other signings. Otani better not happen while I'm sleeping. I value my sleep. Um if it happens while I'm sleeping, then it's apparently I'm just cursed. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's all I ask. I don't ask for much in this life, but I just request that. I want to be awake for it. Yeah, Trevor's story and Correa happened last year while I was sleeping on the East Coast. So no more of that, please. There's nothing like waiting through like two silent weeks of offseason and then just waking up casually on a Saturday and being like, oh, the two top free agent shortstops are off the market. Sick. Um, so yeah, the, the less of that, the better, I would say, are you, are you buying what these angels are selling right now? I know that it's going to be, you know, an upset if they do ultimately persevere and manage to hold on to Otani, but they are one game over 500 plus 17 run differential making noise in an AL West where the Mariners don't look quite as fearsome as we might've thought. And the Oakland A's are of course, five and 20 and minus 112 of the run differential department. Yay or nay for these angels, at least doing their part so far to help these guys get to the playoffs. Yeah, I, <laughs> we called the angels or we called the uh, the A's to a T. Holy smokes. Holy uh, smokes. Are they bad? Yeah, they are. Um, if you look up the word definition or if you look up the, the definition of the word putrid, um, I think a picture of the A's would show up. <laughs> it's just it's bad. Um, it's really bad. But um, the angels I don't necessarily know what I think of them quite yet. I mean, obviously they um, they have Otani and Trout. I really like their offseason additions of uh, Hunter Renfro, who um, he has had some good moments uh, in, in Anaheim so far. Brandon Drury got off to a slow start. Um, their rotation has been a question for me. I'm still not sure exactly if I'm buying it or not. Um, and I do – like, I think they have to – um, they got to be aggressive at the deadline. If they're relatively in it, I think they have to go in and try to like surround that team with talent just to maximize their chances at the postseason. Um, I, I, I still don't think that they're going to trade Otani. I just can't picture Artie Moreno doing that. Um, I can't picture him wanting to be the owner of that or being the owner that trades Otani. Um, but I'm, I'm in the skeptical category with the angels, which is really unfortunate. Uh, where are you at on that, Adam? I'm skeptical too. I don't think uh, the bullpen has overperformed to this point in the year. I think a lot of people, you know, it's a natural talking point to say, oh, you got to get the Angels bullpen. But they've actually been really good to start the season. Even Chase Silseth throwing harder yesterday, sort of ticking up. Um, but I don't believe they have a closer on the roster right now. And so I think that rears its ugly head a little bit. I like Drury. Um, I liked, I liked some of what I saw from Rendon when the angels came to Yankee stadium, but I, there was an, uh, there was a moment in that game with the bases loaded two outs Rendon at the plate chance to really flip the game and do damage. And he just sort of rolled one over and popped out in the left field. And I've seen much more of that from him than I have seen the clutch moments. He also let an A's fan get under his skin, which is an automatic minus 10,000 points. You can't do that. Um, (laughs) There are like. There are like 12 Oakland fans, and he let one of them chirp him. So I don't know about them? that. What? Yeah, no, that yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think eight of them bought leases in Vegas. But they are going to try to make it work in Oakland before um, actually making the move. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I just feel like you can you can pencil these Angels in for being roughly exactly what they are right now, 13 and 12. No, I, I think that's spot on by you. And like going back to the, the A's for a second here, it's really unfortunate what's going on here. Um, like they, um, like I feel bad for that fan base. Um, yes, they, I mean, the A's, they suck. Um, the, the team has not invested much into that roster in recent years. And 
if I was a fan of that team, I would not go to, I would not support that team. I would not go to the game. Um, and that's why you see the stadium so empty. Like that's a very passionate fan base. We got this. I got to see it firsthand with Matt Verderam when he was here and I would be texting, he'd be texting me about the A's and his, his rants, as you know, Adam, they are epic. Um, and, uh, and I, I got to imagine there's a lot of A's fans who are exactly like that. I mean, maybe not to the, not to the, like the level of Matt, but like, that's a very passionate fan base and they don't deserve that. And having both the Raiders and the A's possibly moving to Vegas in a span of what, five years is that? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that sucks. Um, I, I genuinely feel bad for them. Yeah. I think even, I mean, this is a world series champion organization, you know, yeah. end of the, in many distinct eras, the Charlie Finley swinging A's, the end of the eighties and early nineties, they're in the world series in 88, 89, 90. They win one of those. They're, they redefine modern baseball with Moneyball just because they don't get another World Series. Just because Billy Bean's quote shit don't work in the playoffs does not mean that they did not change this game. Dates back to Philadelphia and Connie Mack and Jimmy Fox. Like the A's have been around forever. And so picking them up in the middle of the night and moving them to Las Vegas, intentionally demeaning this fan base, you know, neutering the team so that you can do it. Rob Manfred looking the other way a little bit and saying they exhausted all costs in Oakland. Well, it, it kind of sort of did, but then they made the roster dreadful so that they could move away. And then to think that they're going to go to Vegas and you now have some people talking about a rebrand and like, ooh, maybe they're the aces and just like it, there's history here and a lot of it's being tinkered with. No, absolutely. It is. It just it it, it sucks. It, it should be different. Um, John Fisher, I got I can say a lot of things there, but I'm going to hold back for now. Um, yeah, just it's really unfortunate. I, I wish that this would be heading in a different direction, but it appears that at some point um, they're going to probably be heading to Vegas. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Before we move on to our next segment, uh, one final assessment of all of these teams, all these teams except for the Angels currently in playoff spots, and I'll add the Orioles, who are second place in the AL East, and the Diamondbacks, who remain in first place in the NL West. Yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks, are are they a playoff team? I don't know. Luckily, I also have them at an over 75 and a half wins bet, and they are, uh, you know on the pace to be over 75 and a half wins. So I'll add those teams. I'll add the Brewers, which is the surprise team you believe in the strongest right now. First off, I want to, uh, I want to issue a public apology to you. Uh, Cause I told you that I did not think the diamondbacks would, the over would hit um, <laughs> shows how much I know um, they're leading the NL West 
basically a month into the season. Like that, that was not on my bingo card at all. Um, so, and you, you saw it coming. Um, I don't know maybe of that, but you saw them. No, I thought they'd be a wild card. Yeah. See, there you go. And I mean, so far so good with the Diamondbacks, but um, I also got to eat some crow. I got to go with the Brewers. Um, they, I mean, right now they're 16 and nine. Uh, I mean, obviously they just had a, um, a not so great series against the Detroit Tigers, but they're, they're a really fascinating team. They got, they got pieces up and down the roster. They've overperformed and it's still, you look around that team, Corbin Burns has struggled. You have uh, Garrett Mitchell, who might be off for the season, which not great. Joey Weimer or Joey Weimer has struggled. Um, I I would fully expect those two, especially Burns, to bounce back. And when they do, they become increasingly more dangerous. And uh, one of my favorite players in the league who has had a very strong start to the season, especially with how many taters he's mashing, is Rowdy Telez. Um, that guy... He's, he's cool. He's really cool. Uh, I got to spend some time around him when I was in Milwaukee covering the Brewers. Um, and he's just, he's everything that that team could ask for when they acquired him from the Blue Jays a couple of years ago. Um, he's been awesome. It's been a huge, like, bolt of energy to that lineup. Um, can hit homers for the, with the best of them. And yet they still got... I don't know when he's going to return exactly just because he's currently in the minor league injured list, but Sal Frelick, um, he is going to be, uh, he's going to play a key role for them when he eventually returns. He's their top outfield prospect, uh, not named Jackson Churio, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's got the shot. He's got a shot to be a really good one. And when he debuts, that's going to make that team even more dangerous. And the, the, uh, the kids, they're basically, they're taking over in Milwaukee. Um, and I'll actually even give you some insight on this too. And I think this has been pretty interesting is I don't necessarily know how, like that. I don't think that was a very good Milwaukee clubhouse last year, especially after that Josh Hader trade. It really, it impacted them a lot. We've covered that extensively here and I've even heard it since last year or since the season started, how bad it was last year. Um, this year they signed back Wade Miley who when I was in Milwaukee, he was the most popular teammate. He made, he loosened everything up. Um, and he was a key leader in that locker room. You combine his presence there and along with the young players, it's completely changed the vibe of that team. Um, there, those players want to come to the locker room. They want to be in the clubhouse every day. They are so far exceeding expectations and I think it's been a masterful job so far by Craig Council. Um, he deserves a lot of credit, and uh, so does their front office too for for truly like letting those young players take over and also bringing back Wade Miley. Because when when Miley was brought back, I was just like, eh, I didn't necessarily like it. But from a locker room standpoint, he's been key. That is insight. That's that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I had no idea. I've always liked Wade Miley from afar, but I have no idea what he's like with the with the guys. Um, yeah. That's amazing. He's, he is a really unique guy. Um, he's he's one of my favorite players that I've ever covered. I would say him, uh, Christian Yelich, and also Eric Kratz. Eric Kratz, yes. what a wonderful guy. Um, he was um, when I event, like now that he's done playing. Um, I was able to like properly thank him because he, he's done a lot for me in my career. Just like, um, I don't know, he's, he's been just a really, just like a, a good influence for me and I appreciate him. Um, but like Wade Miley, he was, uh, boy, I remember they had like a, when I was on the beat, they had some sort of bug breakout at Miller Park. And <laughs> you don't want that. Miley was a guy who like took care of it and it was it was bizarre like and he was i can't remember the exact nickname that they gave him but it was just it was crazy and apparently he saved steven vote from choking um i'm not kidding you like vote was eating something or you know maybe who the heck was it maybe i'm getting the story mixed up um here you you take over i'll, I'll figure this out real quick 
<laughs> yeah. No, you got to get – I have to be honest. When you said there was some sort of – I never expected bug problem. I was like, oh, some sort of clubhouse mutiny, unhappy okay. player, playing time, yeah. bug bug issue. I was like, oh, never mind. I'm out. Well, no, this is truly like the insight the baseball insiders can provide. But I will tell you, it was Stephen Vogt who saved Wade Miley's life. Uh, Wade Miley was choking on something at the in the Brewers – like in their cafeteria and vote walked in and saw that he was in distress, gave him the Heimlich remover or like the Heimlich move. It saved his life. It, it legitimately did. And they, uh, they like went up to each other when they ran into each other earlier this year. And, um, and, and Miley called him a lifesaver. So um, there, there you go. That's, it's one of my, it's something that nobody knew at the time until like this spring. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's what a story that one was. That's the straight dope that you could only get from Robert Murray on the Baseball Insiders Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern, right here on this YouTube channel. And the audio feed is available after the podcast runs. For you folks who prefer the audio feed, I I was on Wade Miley. Uh, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but summer 2007, Wade Miley, left-handed pitcher out of uh, southeastern Louisiana, Pitched for the Wareham Gateman in the Cape Cod League and made the All-Star game that year. I saw him pitch. I've got photos of uh, 2007 Wade Miley. Goes from there. The Diamondbacks take him in the first round right to Yakima. The Yakima Bears of the short season (laughs) Northwest League. And uh, look at him now. 100 wins in the bigs and an elite glue guy and uh, a choke artist, uh, but in the the, uh, literal sense. And a shout out to uh, Stephen Booth, the lifesaver there. Yeah, I'll tell you what this has been. You know, it's a good podcast when you mention Bugs, Yakima, and the Heimlich. Um, I mean, in a span of what thirty something minutes. I mean, what a uh, what a podcast. It kind of sounds like uh, they all sound like sort of two, like three sides of the same coin. Like getting bugs. If you ate bugs, it might make you Yakima, and you know you got to do the Heimlich to get get them up. Um, I'm ashamed of myself. I don't like myself. Um, well, let's, let's move on to a team. Let's move on to a team that maybe before we go, just a team that could have maybe should have signed Wade Miley for the vibes, but didn't our St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, what in the hell is happening with Jordan Walker? He, he was out of the lineup for three of the last four games uh, and everybody was like, is he hurt? What's he doing to lose playing time? He opens his career with that career starting hit streak record. Uh, not a lot going wrong for Jordan Walker. All of a yeah. sudden, he's hitting 274, but he's out of the lineup. And he's demoted yesterday afternoon. Um, and oh, by the way, Anthony Volpe's last 14 games, 292, 424 OBP, 458 slugging, 882 OPS, two bombs, seven ribs, eight runs, five for five stolen bags. Uh, doesn't have much to do with Jordan Walker, but just wanted to say it out loud for the two uh, big-time top prospects who were called up to start the year. What the hell happened here? And and the six, the, the nine and 16 Cardinals, they just had to make this move. Uh, they couldn't, couldn't wait any longer. What a confusing start to the season for them. Um, it's been just bizarre all around. And that Jordan Walker demotion really – um, it, it just added more confusion. Like that was not something that I expected. Um, but the logic behind that is that um, they wanted Walker to get consistent at bats in the minors because he was not getting them at the major league level. And they also wanted to clear up the outfield log jam that they had because they have a surplus of outfielders. And I mean, because of that, they weren't able to get Walker some consistent at bats, but um a very puzzling start to the season for them. Um, they, they are like, I mentioned it um, before, but like they do not pass the vibe check at all. Uh, it's just a really puzzling start. Um, I, I'm not up. Opt- like I'm going to take back what I said earlier. I actually am not optimistic that they're going to bounce back. Um, the vibes there, there's something off. I don't know if it stems from the Tyler O'Neill incident with Ali Marmol, I don't know exactly what it is, but something is off. Um, and they got to figure it out quickly because if they don't, they could fall too far out of this and end up being kind of out of the picture by the all-star break. 
Yeah, you can't win a division this early and one bad weekend by the Rays and the Orioles are right back in it, but you can certainly lose a division this early. And in an NL, NL Central with the Brewers, who we believe in, the Pirates and Cubs, who are both surprising and bashing teams, the run differential is up. Like These do not look like teams skirting by by the skin of their teeth. The Cardinals cannot afford to be hanging out with the Cincinnati Reds any longer who, uh, per Bob Nightingale, there are rumors that Graham Ashcraft is joining Nick Lodolo in extension talks. We know they'd love to get Lodolo under contract after getting Hunter Green taken care of, but that's all three of them. And the the, the best thing the Reds have going for them right now is these this three-headed monster in the rotation. They're, the offense is weird and scrappy, but not a lot of pieces I can confidently say are long-term fits behind Jonathan India, maybe Spencer Steer. Um, would the Reds really be able to lock up all three of these guys earlier? Are they really intending to spend like that? I see. It wouldn't surprise me necessarily just because if a player gets their free agency, they basically have absolutely no chance of retaining that player because they don't spend a lot, um, obviously. And by extending these guys um, now, they are – I mean, they're able to keep them off the market, but it's also cheaper to extend these guys. Um, and in Ashcraft's case, it's interesting just because he is, so he's arbitration eligible through 2026 and becomes a free agent in 2029. So he is already, he's got six years of control. Um, he's 25. He's got stuff. He's got a 2.1 ERA and five starts. Um, we are, if, if an extension got done, this is just me dot connecting. This isn't sourced info or anything, but you'd think an extension would have to be seven or eight years just so I can buy out one or two free agent years. Um, I can't say exactly. I saw that coming for Ashcraft, but it makes sense for the Reds to at least explore those options along with Lodolo. I haven't heard any updates on Lodolo since the last time I mentioned it. Um, so I don't know if it's still working or if talks have stalled, but um good on the reds for actually being proactive about it because uh, the hunter green extension caught me off guard that was not one on my bingo card but it, it did make sense for him um i just don't know if they're gonna be able to get these done but props to them for trying yeah maybe inspired by the pittsburgh pirates to just be getting in motion and, and they saw the negative feedback that bob nutting was receiving they were going to town halls and getting booed off the stage cincinnati loves baseball so you know uh, for Cincinnati fans to be angry about ownership, you really must be doing something wrong. So at least uh, they're trying to try. Um, I'm trying to get to Cincinnati and Milwaukee this summer, man. That's sort of a, I have not done, I have never done Milwaukee and I have not done Cincinnati since I was in high school. And I want, mm-hmm. I want to do them both. I want to do them both in August and September. So hopefully we get that chance. Don't do it. Cause I mean, Milwaukee, I went to that ballpark a ton and it's just, it's a really cool ballpark. It's kind of homey. Um, and everybody is super friendly. I mean, that's just a Wisconsin nice showing up. Um, and Cincinnati's an underrated ballpark too. I don't like how they adjusted the press box where it's basically down the third base line. That's kind of bad for vibes, but um, it's a cool ballpark. I, I think it's one of the more underrated ones, especially I'm a, I'm a big sucker for sunsets. I love sunsets and they, they've always got a good little sunset view. It was actually my phone background for like three years. Um, if that's any indication how much I liked it. It is. And and again, that's the kind of dope that you can only get from the baseball insiders. Big fan <laughs> of sunsets. Um, I'll yeah. tell you, I'm a big fan of sunsets too. Don't mind them. Don't mind them at all. Wow. See, that's just another reason why I like perfect co-host right here for this show. Unbelievable. We got to love it, baby. If, if there's a lighthouse involved, I mean, come on now. You're talking top tier sunset. Um, we're about to sign off. Before we go, one last thing. Of course, the Mariners. We mentioned not terribly fearsome. Robbie Ray officially out for the year. We knew he was hurt. Now he's real hurt. Um, yep. Gut check. Do you think Seattle rejoins the market for a starter this summer? Uh, because we know how much Jerry DePoto likes to trade. Jerry DePoto, the original AJ Preller, the madman. Uh, he was Preller before Preller. But uh, sort of treading water there. And they do have a lot of starters. So what's your uh, immediate gut reaction? My immediate gut reaction is... Um, that I don't think that they make a trade for a starting pitcher. Um, that is my gut feeling right now. Um, they entered the season with six starters just so they're prepared in case of an injury. 
Um, and I mean, they obviously have, uh, hang on. All right. So they, sorry, I'm working on something. Um, distracted, distracted by a sunset. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Working on something, staring at sunset. See, I mean, you know me well, uh, but they, they had five starters or six starters entering the season. They had Robbie Ray they had Marco Gonzalez. They had Chris Flexen, who's obviously struggled. Um, I mean, that's, that's one. To, I don't know. Actually, I'll get into that in a little bit, but they had six starters. Um, Ray's gone. Now they have five. Flexen has struggled this to start the season here. Let's say he bounces back. I don't think that they need to get another starting pitcher, but if he continues to struggle leading up to the trade deadline, then we could maybe see the, the, the Mariners and Jerry DePoto do their thing. Cause if there's one thing that Jerry DePoto loves in this world, it, it's making a trade. Um, and um, I just don't see it happening right now, but I think if he continues to, sh- if he continues to struggle, then we, maybe we could see some action. And it also looks like Lamar Jackson is about to get extended by the Baltimore Ravens. So there well, you then. go. <laughs> well, if, there's, if there's one thing I love, it's doing this podcast with you, as well as doing this podcast with you when football news breaks. Um, we are here every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern on the YouTube channel. We'd love you to subscribe. We thank you for all of your conversation your comments. We thank you for interacting with the audio feed as well. It does not get better than you guys, the crowd and the fans. And so uh, we welcome and thank you every time. Uh, Another uh, Robert Murray gut reaction. Who do you got the Eagles grabbing tonight? You're at 10. You're the best team in the NFC and you're at 10. Who you eyeing? Well, Jalen Carter action will be John Robinson. What, What are we looking at here? B. John Robinson ain't happening at 10. I can tell you that right now. Um, they are um, – my my gut tells me that the Eagles trade out to number seven tonight and they, and they draft Jalen Carter. Um, I am decently confident in that. Um, I know of some players that they actually do like. Um, I, I even got some draft info. Um, it's yeah, how crazy. about it? Yeah, I got, uh, I got contacts throughout the NFL just because they follow my baseball stuff and it just is formed into relationships around there. But um, – there, there could be some interesting picks tonight. Um, actually, there will be some interesting picks tonight. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. It's cr- it's crazy being connected like that and and ha- having somewhat of an idea of some things that could happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, give me Jalen Carter, number seven to the Eagles. Uh, how about you, Adam? What do you got? I I mean, you're, I feel like it's, I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it's Carter or Buzz for the Eagles. I, I think the Giants have to go best wide receiver on the board. Um, and I think a lot of people think Jordan Addison is slipping. So probably Jordan Addison. People talk about Michael Mayer. I could see that too. That'll make Daniel Bellinger's dad pretty upset. He loves to tweet. So that's a bummer. But I, I think I think Addison or Mayer, and I think Zay Flowers goes to the Patriots. Zay Flowers, I don't know why, but Zay Flowers just sounds like a patriot. I mean, you yeah. said that, and it's just like, I don't know. Is that is that a weird thing to say that somebody sounds like, I don't know, is, is that a weird thing to say? No, it's not weird. I think there's a little implicit bias there, too, where, like, I agree with you, and then there's also the Boston College angle of, like, mm-hmm. oh, of course. Yeah, no, you're just going to go Boston, New England. Um, but yeah. I, I, like it. I like the Giants to go offense – um, not O line, not line, but I think they pick up a bunch of linebackers in the middle of the draft and go pass catcher early. But I will be on a, I'll be on fan sided stream tonight when Giants pick. You come on and heckle me, uh, laugh in my general direction. I don't, I don't mind. I'll, I'll take whatever. Uh, it can't be worse than when they took Daniel Jones sixth. It will not get worse than that. So, oh, watch. I hope they take a kicker. <laughs> I hope so too. I mean, look, if it can get worse than that, great, bring it on. But, uh, everybody got their laughs out when they took DJ. It turns out he's, you know, I don't know if you want to extend him or not, but he's a quarterback who earned a giant extension. So miniature crow eating there too. Not the type of giant brewer's crow that you choke on and rely on Steven Vogt to save you, but a mini toddler crow was at least eaten. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, you got away with words, my guy. It's uh, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm just hoping for chaos tonight. I'm hoping for good times. I'm hoping... I won't heckle you because um, I like you too much to do that. But um, go birds, most importantly. Um, boo giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, 
Yeah, I, I'll tell you if if Jalen Carter gets drafted by the Eagles tonight, oh, I boy, I I can't say what I was about to say on the podcast, but I would be excited as all get up, my guy. Holy smokes. We're going to have ourselves a hell of a Monday episode, I think, because I'm feeling that, too. Um, oh that is it. That's it, I guess. Can be it. Probably probably should be it. Um, <laughs> I got to gotta, gotta get myself out of here. I got to get myself out of here. Um, but what an incredible episode, man. This was uh, this is uh, one of the most fun yet, for whatever reason, because we kind of went off the rails a little bit. But you know what? If the Pirates are leading the NL Central, then anything is possible. Oh, it absolutely is. And as we, as you said on your first ever episode on this podcast, let's get weird. And we we got weird. We had bug talk. We had Heimlich talk. We had Yakima talk. Um, it's unbelievable. We even had NFL draft talk in there. And we also provided an insight on how the Reynolds deal got done. You got to love it. Um, <laughs> we had we had substantive NFL draft talk. We didn't just have NFL draft talk. No, oh, absolutely. God, I. Oh, man, that's what makes this podcast so much fun. We appreciate everybody, you guys, for watching this and tuning in and listening and hearing our rambles. Uh, it's, it's not possible without you guys, especially without all the subscribers and whatnot. So thank you very much. No, it's not possible. Y'all are the best. Robert, you're the best. And we'll come back on Monday, same time, same place. And we'll talk through some of that NFL draft intel, see what we got right, what we got wrong. And hopefully another couple extensions by then. Wouldn't be so, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing. Until Monday, I'm Adam Weiner for Robert Murray, Fanside Zone Olympia Insider. Thanks for watching. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.